Knight Rider, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man that does not exist. Welcome to Champa and Clyde the Night Rider Years, a podcast by two friends who share a love of classic 80s television. I'm your host, Dave Champa. I am your other host, uh, Greg Klein. Gregory, mm. you've got an update for us, don't you? Oh, yeah. An update to Squirrel Apocalypse. Squirrel Apocalypse. If you recall last week, please tell we me. We were discussing all the squirrels that are smashed along the road, bloodied, um, mouths and I, open. I actually thought about it in more detail. So there's. Yeah. Smashed. Yep. Mashed. Yep. And bashed. Yes. So I would say bashed is like just hit. Hit yeah. off to the side of the yeah, road. Yeah, that's where I would go with that. Smashed is like hit with something hard and crunched, like broken. <laughs> yes. And then mashed is like turned inside out and like pressed. S- like straight up obliteration. Completely. Um. So my wife and I went for a, a drive the other day. And since she was driving, I took it upon myself to kind of keep track of how many squirrels <laughs> I love that you counted i saw mashed smashed and or bashed okay along the side of the road okay and now this was on the interstate traveling one direction okay for about 25 miles okay i was gonna ask how far you had gone in yeah this. okay and i only counted ones i could positively identify as actual squirrels like and this I, was on the highway this was on the highway southbound one way okay i stopped counting at 100 after 25 miles. Before 25. So the trip was only 25 miles. I hit 100 squirrels smashed or dead on the side of the road within that distance. Prior to 25 miles. Yes. Yeah, so we're looking at at least four to five per mile. Oh. Meant, uh, one way. So I yeah. couldn't see on the way back because it was at night. Right. So And that and it wasn't like evenly spaced. Yeah. You could tell where they had like squirrel runs. Yeah. And like all charged across the road at the same time and couldn't make it over the Jersey barrier and just fell back into the road and got obliterated by whatever. Because there were like bits where there was like five to ten within like a ten-foot stretch. They were just all over the... Oh, my God. Pretty awful. It's it's disgusting. I mean, they don't seem to be slowing down. Even like... So Kristen goes out every morning, or not every morning, like every couple days. She'll get up about quarter to six and she'll go running around the neighborhood a couple Mm -hmm. miles every few mornings. She says she can't even do it anymore. (laughs) <laughs> because she she can't run more than like an eighth of a mile, mm-hmm. and not only is there squirrels, but there's possum. Mm. There's a porcupine right up the street. Yeah, there's raccoons. She said she can't do it anymore because she's always just dodging. She's dodging these animals all over the freaking road. It's gross. It's absolutely disgusting. So remember last week you also mentioned that Kristen had read that it was because there were so many acorns yes so someone in my class today at school said it was the opposite i mean we weren't talking about it yeah but they brought it up and said oh it's because there aren't enough acorns and they're coming out of hiding and looking for them that's why they're all over the place i'm like okay i so i don't know so we're hearing two different (laughs) right (laughs) 
And again, I haven't done any further research at all, so whatever. I just know that there are a ton of smashed, bashed, or mashed squirrels right. <laughs> all over the world. It's pretty... All over the world. Jesus. All over the road. The road in this state, because I think it is actually only native to Maine. They don't cross the border. My brother lives in Massachusetts, and I I don't believe that this is an issue. My sister lives in New Jersey. Haven't heard that this is an issue. I really think it's only like a main thing. So weird. So weird things are happening. We can only hope that they'll all die out over the winter. Compiling uh, the main woes, uh, you hear that that bastard emerald ash borer is uh, making its presence known again around here. No, what's this? So there's the emerald ash borer. It's a, okay. little, it's a bug that bores into ash trees and kills them. Really? Um, and it's up in Canada, and it's slowly making its way into Maine, and they're doing a lot to prevent it. Yeah. They say naturally this little this little creature can only travel a couple of miles per year. Yeah. But since people have firewood and wood companies and stuff, um, it can be spread all over the place, and it kills ash trees. Huh. So, I've never heard of them before. Yeah, it was a, a blight, I think, 40 years ago or something. It killed a lot of trees. Um Four trees. I know, right? So um so yeah, that's what's going on in Maine. You can't bring any outside firewood. I did know that. I knew that you couldn't do that, but I've I'm... No uh no unfamiliar wood in this state. We're all about the familiar wood in this room. <laughs> yeah. Because we buy it when we go camping at the campsite. That's correct. what I was referring to. That I wasn't correct. referring to anything other than that, Greg, okay? Hardwoods and softwoods. <laughs> what about the medium woods? Oh, uh, like for golf? Yeah. Yeah, would you do a medium wood or maybe I, a, a pitching wood? I don't know anything. Actually, <laughs> a sand wood. I, I went to a driving range for the first time in my life not really? long ago, and since I'm left-handed, I have the selection of one club. Yep, that's my problem. <laughs> that's will inevitably be that's my issue. And I after can't. after a bucket of balls and a beer, I was actually doing pretty good. Were you, were you humming them 400 yards? <laughs> nope, I was slicing them into the next field, slicing it into a dog leg right dog. Dogwood? I don't remember. No, I was averaging like 150 yards. That's actually not bad. That's pretty good. That's not bad at all. It was fun. I'm proud of you. I'll do it again. Aw. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all right, Greg, here we go. Squirrel apocalypse is in the past. I don't think we need to talk about the squirrels anymore unless something drastic happens in the next week. Unless, unless like, I have one living in my car. Which is entirely possible. I actually caught one in our have, have a heart trap. I'm trying to get rid of this little gopher son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking holes and caught a squirrel instead, so Christy let it go. She, I'm surprised. Your wife is... <laughs> oh, yeah, she did. Your wife is brutal to Drown a whole mouse family last year, but... <laughs> now, a squirrel's a little bigger, and then what do you do with that? You can't just throw them out. Well, you can, but... You, yeah. I mean, you can, You can but... actually feel their weight. Oh, can you? Which is a little different. Yeah. Than like... Oh, that's true. I can imagine that. You know, a shovel with some mice in it. What else have you been up to this week? Um, not a whole lot. School started off again. I'm yeah. taking a, a maps and math class, which is kind of fun to yeah. fulfill my math requirement. And uh, I love that you can do that. Uh, thank you, USM, for changing your idiotic rules and making it a little bit easier to get uh, my yeah, degree. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's actually pretty fun just learning how to do map reading and how it corresponds to math. And I'm yeah. great with geometry and all that stuff and trigonometry. So You're good at that? Yeah, I was great with all that stuff. Even though it's very, it's related to algebra, like finding x on the hypotenuse of a triangle, it all makes sense because it all adds up to something. It's not like this. Okay. Yeah. So I it clicks a lot better. Uh, I'm convinced that I can't 
perform more than a third grade level of math. Mm. Uh, I don't. You said trigonometry. I shut myself out. I just completely shut down. Geometry was pr- well. Geometry is about where I started to lose mm. steam and lose momentum in math. What's that like? Tenth grade? Yeah. Sophomore? Yeah. That's about right. Tenth grade math is probably where I started to completely lose momentum. Which is when I did the best was a geometry class. Yeah. I got a B in it. All my other classes were barely passing. That's what. It, so geometry was where I got probably B B plus average throughout mm-hmm. the year. Then I went from geometry to algebra two. I completely failed algebra two my first year. My third, my junior year of high school failed out completely. Had to take a class the summer of my junior year going into senior year. Got an A plus first term, hmm. A minus second term, C plus third term, and I failed the fourth term. <laughs> well, that took a turn <laughs> because I gave up. Because at the point of the third term was about the time when I realized as a senior that I'm, I'm graduating high school. Yeah. So I gave up. I was like, I'm not putting in any more effort in this math class. Wonderful. Because I hate, I hate Algebra 2 that's, so much. I never took Algebra 2, which is why I'm where I am. Yeah. That's the right. level I got to. If I had to teach it again, I couldn't do it. Oh, yeah. I have no idea. Couldn't do it at all. It doesn't matter. I've been, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm okay mostly. We're doing, we're doing just fine. Yeah. Relatively speaking. I, I mean, I've held a job for my entire adult life. Um, that's true. That's I, very true. I'm normal. Yeah. Uh, more or less. Absolutely. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know what else I've been doing this week? I've been playing a lot of Nintendo. Oh. <laughs> the Nintendo just rolled out their new subscription service for uh, for yearly subscribers. It's like 20 bucks for the entire year. But on top of that, you get access to their, in- their original NES library. Mm-hmm. And so every month they're going to launch new... Video games. That's so the the launch with this last the the other night was twenty games to start. So you have the original Zelda, Super Mario One, Super Mario Three, Doctor Mario. No Mario Two. I don't know why they didn't. I'm wondering if it's a rights issue because Super Mario Two is not technically a Mario game. Right. It's just weird because they took an old game from Japan, took the main characters out, and then coded in Mario. But it was so much fun. It was honestly one of the best of the series. Mario 2 was my jam back in the day. But it handles so differently. It's so bizarre. You can tell it's an entirely different game. Absolutely. Um, Double Dragon Ah. was one I was playing the other day, earlier today. Uh, I introduced Lucy to the games, and of course, she's been into the sports games, but like the ones my brother and I used to play were Nintendo Baseball, which was was amazing. Ice Hockey, which we got into a lot. Uh, she really likes the soccer game, mm-hmm. and Eva does too because it's easy for her to control because it's just like back and forth, and you just hit one button to kick the ball. <laughs> That's so it's fun. really easy to do, and it just it brought me back to like playing Nintendo with my brother. Like Saturday mornings, we'd all get up and we'd load up baseball. Yeah. Um, so I got three. So I I have Nintendo. I have all the a lot of cartridges, and it still works. I actually have two NES systems for whatever reason. I have two of them. Oh wow! And they both still work. Um. I I loved, in theory, because I was never good at it. Right. Um. Uh. Top Gun. Oh my God, I never knew how to play it. So difficult. Like, I could never figure out how to play it. Easy, <laughs> easy for a bit, but then gets progressively more and more and more and more and more difficult. Yeah, I seem to remember that landing on the aircraft carrier mm. was the hardest part of the game because you could actually yeah. never perfect it. It was very <laughs> incredible. I remember difficult. very difficult doing that. And then another one I really liked was the Ninja Turtles game. <gasps> just have yes. such good good dun, like dun, fond dun, memories dun, of wow that just came out of nowhere that was great holy shit and then one that i discovered as an adult like i don't know maybe 10 years ago 
Yeah. Um, that if you want to just get frustrated and confused, play yourself some Metroid. That one was not part of the launch, and I'm shocked oh. because that game was so frustrating, but I was obsessed with Metroid It doesn't make up. sense. The game makes no sense. I don't get it. But I was obsessed with Metroid, so I'm hoping that next month they'll roll out Metroid with, with a bunch of new ones. And one of the ones that I really like that I came across is Alien Syndrome. Oh, yes. Like, these games that are really fun that are, are you know... I guess it seems like it was an arcade game that was probably made into a I think it might have been game. a port. It might have ported it over. Because it's got distinct levels. There's only like 10. And the game's very beatable. There it is. I see it. Yep. Oh, um, my but gosh. But it's very <sighs> difficult. And it's a two-player, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. It had yeah. a big float. I feel, feel like it had a big floating head. Yes, it did. At, the, at part of the game. And the, yeah, the yeah, boss yeah. of each level was this, was this weird alien, you know, poop saliva yeah oh it's wow it's actually really inexpensive for the nintendo it's four dollars so yeah i have this whole i used to go to like uh thrift stores and flea markets and stuff and find old nes games yeah so i have a a good amount nothing crazy nope i lied it's actually going for 85 dollars on ebay alien syndrome in box wow yeah mine it's not in a box it's in a sleeve but it's not actually it is in a box it's a gray box yeah it's selling for about 85 bucks on 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 ebay right now i bought it in college for about Five, yeah, that sounds about right because this is things are starting to surge price wise for yeah. old school video games. And but yeah. the thing is, there are no moving parts, and they always work for the most part. Yeah, it's amazing to me that like the old Nintendos and all those old systems will are still working right to the, today. Yet you still get the Red Ring of Death for the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. You get the PlayStation f- keeps crashing, and the, it's just it baffles me that it's like I, I keep going back to it. It's like the Apollo guidance computer. <laughs> yes, it, that's all it did. Yeah. Let's that's, play these games. That's exactly what it was. That's yeah. exactly what it was. If you guys are listening to this, what are your favorite games from your childhood? NES. Otherwise, I'm I'm hoping that most of you who are listening are around our age because if anyone types in and says that the system they grew up with was a PlayStation Three, I mm. I'm just I'm just gonna throw myself through a wall. <laughs> I will watch that and I will videotape that, and you will see it on Insta Stories. Yes. If yes. I have to, um, but yeah, let us know what your favorite Nintendo games were uh, from from an early age, and if you uh, if you still enjoy playing them, if you still have them, I'd be really interested to know that. Golgo thirteen. Oh my god, <laughs> is that a side scrolling shooter? Yeah, it's incredibly I so. hard. I feel like it was like a not a not a rip off of. Um, was it a rip off of uh, Contra, or my, was it something? No, along- it was. It was just not. No, yeah, I don't even know what it was. I I couldn't play it. It was it was like uh, story based, but very blocky. And I was annoying. trying. I'm, tr- I'm looking it up right now. To say, oh, oh yes, oh it was like a first person shooter because you actually had sort the, yeah like the guy was at the front of the screen and like it was like uh, like a track shooter. Yeah, 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 kinda, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I remember that game. I didn't like it. It was really hard. <laughs> it was too hard for me it to was play. Somewhat, not really open world, but you can kind of choose what you were doing. Right. It was very tricky. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that game at all. Zelda again. That's a hard one. Zelda. That's fun. Zelda's still my jam. The original, the original mm. is still my jam. Let's go back to 1982. Oh, I'm so ready. Shall we? Something I wanted to do in the first episode of the Knight Rider years, but I don't know because of timing, we just didn't get there. I always like to do this because the last couple of seasons of MacGyver, the new seasons would start into a new year. I like to talk about what was going on. Mm. In the year in movies and music and, and TV, just to see um, where you know where we were back then. Um, I was the ripe old age of of not even one. 
Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, I was so, I was born May of eighty two. <laughs> I was born June of eighty one. So we're yeah. So you're you were almost a year mm. or a little over a year by the time eighty two rolled along. Um, but I always like to look and see what was going on in nineteen eighty two, thirty six years ago. Um, so we're gonna go through the top movies. Highest grossing films of 1982. Okay. Do you want to go top 10 or top 5? Top 5? Let's start with top 5 and see how interesting they are. Top 5 is, I kind of think this movie started the, like, the raunchy sex comedies. Um, It was uh, the number 5 movie of the year. Caligula? Yes, was Caligula. Uh, Porky's. Oh shit! One hundred five million dollars in nineteen eighty two. Really, domestic gross. Yeah, I don't. I can't recall actually ever seeing it because I really am not that interested. I think we watched it in college, but I don't remember anything about it. God, eighty movies, eighties from the movies. Yeah, movies from the eighties are not great. No, no, they're not. They're, they're not good at all. They're good in a nostalgic sense. Oh yeah. They, you look back on them longingly, but then you realize that most of them are pretty bad. Yes. Um, all right, number four is part of a part of a series of films. In fact, at this point, I believe there are seven, eight films in mm-hmm. the franchise. Uh, the eighth one is actually going to be released next year. Um, Mr. T and Hulk Hogan, okay, had uh, cameos in this in this movie. Uh, so Rocky three. Oh, jeez, Rocky three, one hundred and twenty four million dollars. In the United States in 1982. That's not bad. Um, arguably, in my opinion, might be the best of the series. I, Taking the first one out. <laughs> you know, um, I've never seen any of them. You've never seen any of the Rocky movies? No. Gregory! I don't It's I don't have any interest in seeing any Rocky movies. All right. Well, you should at least watch uh, Creed. The new one. Oh. It's Apollo Creed's son. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's Rocky Seven. <laughs> so yeah, along along the lines of me not having no interest, uh, that kind of goes with I have no interest. Fine, Greg. Let's go to number three. Sure. Number three movie of the year is a movie that I've never seen. You've it, never seen it? I've never seen this one. It stars Richard Gere and I believe Deborah Winger. Okay. An officer and a gentleman. Oh, sure. Hundred and twenty nine million dollars domestically. 1982. Jeez, oh, wow. I know nothing about this movie. I've never seen it either. Never seen it. I don't really have a desire to see this movie. Mm. It never interested me and it never will. I like Mr. Geary, though. I do. I do like him for the Greary. most part. Gerson. Number two. This is a classic. Dustin Hoffman dresses up like a woman. Tootsie. Yes. I love this movie. $177 million. I remember watching Tootsie with my mother. She liked Tootsie quite a bit. I, I mean, I was older. It's probably been about a decade, 15 years maybe since I've seen it. But I haven't seen it in ages. I right? really enjoyed this movie. Uh, and then the number one movie of 1982 by a long shot, $359 million domestically in the United States. You want to take a guess? Star Wars? Uh, nope. It's a Steven Spielberg movie. Close Encounters? Close. Five years after Close Jaws? Encounters. Nope. Steven Spear. E.T.? E.T. Shit. Number one movie of the wow. year, 82. Why did I keep thinking E.T. was younger than that? Like 86. Close Encounters was 77. I just watched it the other night, which is why it popped in my e. head. E.T. or Close Encounters? Close Encounters. Oh, okay. It was a toss-up between Close Encounters and Jaws. I'm like, Close Encounters, I feel like that tonight. Yeah, that's a good... Either one of those would have been solid choices, but I just watched Close Encounters for the first time in probably 20 years mm. back in August. And great. man, what a great movie. It's so much what fun. What a great movie. But yeah, but E.T., huh? E.T. was the number one grossing film of 1982, $359 million. Is it weird to say that I don't really like it? No. I think there's a, I think there's a small number of people in the, in the world yeah. 
that don't like ET. Because all those kids on the BMX bikes, I thought they were assholes. Oh, they were the worst. So I'm like, I don't like these people. The absolute worst. Absolutely. So I, I didn't see it as as when it came out. You know, I saw it later on. Yeah. Kind of in a retrospect sort of way. Maybe when I was seven. Okay. So that was what eighty eight. Eighty eight, eighty nine. I think I, really I definitely I definitely watched it when I was seven or eight years old. I didn't yeah. obviously I didn't see it when it first came out. Yeah. Um all right, so those are the top five movies of eighty two. Now we're gonna move on to the Billboard Hot one hundred singles of eighty two. We're gonna do the top five songs. You're gonna sing them of nineteen eighty two. Well I only know I don't know the number five song, but I could I could sing the other four. Oh, let's do it. Um number five, I've never heard of the song Centerfold by the Jay Giles band. Centerfold fold. Do you that, Centerfold? Hold on a second. Do you know this song? It's not the it's <laughs> I don't. I don't know this song. It's not the one I'm thinking of, at all. Um, uh, centerfold. Jay Giles band. Yeah, Jay Giles lyrics. And does she walk? Does she talk? Do complete homeroom school? Pro snowflakes just go by looking for a girly magazine. No nope. blood runs cold. My memory has just been sold. Angel is a centerfold. The angel is a centerfold. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, I, it doesn't. I, I know that song, and I knew. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's annoying. Okay, fair enough. Moving on to number four. You would know it if you heard it. Number four is uh, Ebony and Ivory. Ebony and Ivory. Wait, the song? Stevie Wonder and Paul McCartney. So you know that song, but you don't know Centerfold? I know Ebony and Ivory, but I don't know Centerfold. I don't know Ebony and Ivory. Yes, you do. Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder? Are you kidding me? Is that the Ebony and the Ivory? Yes. Greg. I don't know it. All right, fine. Number three. Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Mm. I love rock and roll. That's if I never heard that song again, I wouldn't care. I sang that song at a school concert a couple years ago when I worked at the uh, the private school. Uh-huh. This was one of the songs we sang, and I sang lead vocals, and I sounded amazing. We're just gonna we're just gonna lay that one out there, Greg. <laughs> you, yep, fine. Number two, going back to Rocky three. It's the eye of the tiger. It's the thrill of the fight. You know that song. I, 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 that's a good jam. Eye of the tiger. It's yeah. the, it's the best. But that was from Rocky Three. I believe that was Rocky Three. You yeah. believe? You don't know? It, well, it had to have been because it was eighty two. Yeah. Okay. And so it was Rocky Three. So. Eye of the tiger. <laughs> I, I prefer uh, Weird Al's version. The Rye or the Kaiser? Yes. <laughs> It's the Ryo. No, try the Ryo the Kaiser. It's, it's the, the thr- special tonight. <laughs> yes. If you want, you could have an appetizer. Oh my God. We should do a Weird Al retrospective. <laughs> we should. And the number one song of 1982 is Miss Olivia Newton John, Let's Get Physical. That's another one that just makes me uncomfortable to watch. It's like a jazzercising video. Yeah. It's what that's exactly what it is. But it's, it's straight up jazz. That's what it is. <laughs> but it's like the eighties. It doesn't make sense. No. No, it doesn't. And I, I wanna say that it accompanied a movie, but I don't think it did. Do you know what this is what I picture? That 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 video, the Olivia Newton John yep. physical video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is what would be happening if Michael Knight got sucked into Kit's mainframe. Do you think it would literally just be it, it would be that world. <laughs> That's what would be going on. I think that's what Kit's mainframe looks like. It's just Olivia Newton-John's dancing around on laser beams. <laughs> it's like it's like Tron and jazzercising and Michael Knight's female fantasies. I love it. Absolutely. That's that's what it is and that's what we're going to that's what we're going to go. <laughs> what do you think Michael Knight's residual self-image would be? Residual self-image like from the Matrix. Who do you think what do you think his what do you think his avatar would be? <laughs> 
I don't know. Well, I mean, because you know, like when Neo goes in the Matrix, all of a sudden he has hair and he has like a jacket and he looks right. good because that's what he thinks of himself as. Right, right, right. I wonder what Michael Knight would become. Would he look like Michael Long? Yes. Or would he still? Would he be Michael Knight? I think he would just he would revert back to his old self. So he would be Michael Long with David Hasselhoff's voice. <laughs> That's it. It would be he would be the original actor, mm-hmm. Michael Long, mm-hmm. but just dubbed over with David Hasselhoff's voice. That's what it would be. That would that would be it. Do you think he'd be wearing like a leotard? And yes, a black leotard with like with like red accents. And Olivia Newton-John would have Kit's voice. <laughs> and her eyes. Let's get physical, Michael. Her eyes would just be red. <laughs> yes. Michael it's time to get physical. Jesus. Jesus, Kit. <laughs> this is what you think you look like? Michael, would you like to see me do my splits? That, that's Kit's residual self-image. He looks like Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> he wants to be Olivia Newton-John. That's done. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. TV, 1982-1983, quickly as we get through this. So we're going to do the top five. I will say that Knight Rider didn't crack the top 30 until the following season so seasons two and three Knight Rider cracked the top 30 just barely at number 28 <laughs> but it was better than MacGyver D's get degrees yes exactly wait was, no they don't C's get degrees yeah better than Whatever. MacGyver MacGyver barely didn't I don't think MacGyver cracked the top 30 ever really <laughs> yes it's so funny all these movie shows that we like or are now iconic were not well received no no in fact i think i don't know how well received this was i didn't really dig too deeply into it to see how it was received but uh at least this at least this made an impression on the ratings for it to actually like be logged in the top 30 Mm -hmm. (laughs) the top 30 ratings right all right so number five for the 82 83 seasons now keeping in mind that in 1982 83.3 million households had a television okay dynasty was the number five television show of the entire season with 18.6 million viewers. Someone yeah, average. Um it might have been classic 80s like on Instagram. They were someone was posting photos from that and oh, okay. all I could all I could see was the amount of fabric they had as clothing. Like it's so much. Oh, that's yes, I saw somebody billowy, puffy, oh yeah. Like dense. It's the living worst. There's so much stuff on you. <laughs> um I've never seen an episode of Dynasty, but I can only imagine that it would be uh it would be a lot of, like you said, a lot, yeah, linen, now, lot now, of linens. Th- the only reason I would watch it was just is for anthropological I- interest. Yes. I want to know what people were doing 36 years ago. I'm not really that interested in that show. Not at all. Not even remotely. Um, but I would be interested in watching this. In fact, this made our short list of, sh- of, of shows that we had considered hitting was uh, the number four show of 82, Magnum P.I. Yeah. 18.8 million average uh, average viewers per week that's pretty cool i mean i do remember watching some of it yeah and i think it's just Selleck and his it, it is and his pi i mean this show ran for eight seasons and i think this was the debut season 1982 so so knight rider and when the hoffiness was going up against the pi-ness yes exactly <laughs> the P- pi-ness yes that's exactly what it was Selleck's pi-ness <laughs> um number three is a show that I believe was in the top t- 10 for most of its run was MASH. Yeah. Uh, about 18.9 million estimated in the 82-83. So that was its last. This was actually its last season. I was going to say, when was that in the run? This was its last season. I think this was the season 11, because I think it debuted in 72. 
Mm, and okay. it, I think it ended in 1983. So this would have been its final season to end at number three. Didn't you watch them all recently? I've seen six seasons of the show. Okay. I haven't actually, I've never actually watched the entire seasons, but mm. they go, there's 11 seasons of the television show, like yeah. 250 some odd episodes. Uh, I mean, it's a phenomenal television show, but for the fact that this show stayed in the top 10 for, I think, its entire run, mm-hmm. it's pretty impressive. That is. For, for 11 years. Yeah. That's a um, lot. Only to be beat by number two, uh, equally ran as long, was Dallas. Ugh. 20.4 million viewers. Right up there with the I don't care. I don't care at all <laughs> about Dallas. And then the number one show of the year in 1982-83, not even a TV, well, it is a TV show, but it's, it's a news show, was uh, 60 Minutes. All right, that's 21.2 million viewers. That's pretty damn good. In the 82-83 season. All right, Greg, what do you think? You ready to get into it? I am so ready. All right, here we go, guys. It's uh, Knight Rider Season 1, Episode 4, Good Day at White Rock. All right, so for those of you guys who don't remember, Greg and I confused the shit out of all of our listeners by creating a Hoff chart of a rating system. And it's not just one, two, three, four, five-star episodes. We had to go one step further and create actual items for each star. Now, Chris, I almost called you Kristen. Greg, the question is, do we remind everybody about our rating system now? Mm. Or do we do it at the end of the episode when we review it? Well, let's talk about what the ratings are. So okay. we've got just a couple, and we'll go into the details later after we discuss the show. Absolutely. So we've got the, uh, the perm. Mm-hmm. That's a one-star episode. The belt buckle, that's a two-star episode. The leather jacket, that's a three-star episode. The red turtleneck, that's a four-star episode. The Trans Am is a five-star episode. We've also created modifiers. A turbo boost for extra miles per hour. And an alpha circuit is a demerit because Kit can style suck a tailpipe. Yes. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of little things here, and it'll, it'll make sense the more you listen um, cause right. we'll figure it out. Right. It doesn't matter. Now, Luke actually commented earlier today on Instagram, said that, uh, he's not even sure if Kanye, because he says he's a genius, could figure out our amazing Hoff rating system. He says we're total dorks and he loves the system that we're using, but he says a little suggestion to help make things more confusing to everybody. A turbo boost should send the episode Hoff the charts. Yes. Totally off the charts. Done. This is all of it's off the charts. Done. Done and done. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. Thanks. We appreciate it. We we appreciate you uh, listening to our show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. So, good day at White Rock. Michael Knight decides it's time for him to go on a vacation in which he runs into a horrible, horrible biker gang. What a bunch of dicks. And in the process, ends up having sex with a woman in Kit. <laughs> Wait a minute. Will the woman... Inside of Kit or and Kit? Inside of Kit. Like in the trunk? Nope. Front seat. Oh, okay. <laughs> just goes right in there, doesn't he? Known the woman for less than 24 hours. <laughs> Yet, they're going to just make out and have sex in the back seat, in the front seat of the car. Ma- we- On autopilot. Should we keep track of that? How many times Kit's used as a, as a <laughs> sex booth? Yes. I don't even remember. What was our, what did we say last week? What was our? What were we going to keep track of? The the women? You didn't take notes. No, I didn't. Le- no, the women. We were taking. We we're going to keep track of all the women <laughs> that Michael has some sort of a flirtation with. Sure. So this is number two because last episode was uh, freaking 
army lieutenant. Yeah, sure. L- <laughs> uh, that lad, Robin. Yeah. This week it's um it's Sherry, the uh only person in this town apparently. <laughs> that yeah, other than the sheriff and and D-bag van owner. Oh man, he was a oh, he was a dick. Yeah, this was a fun episode actually. So like Michael I love it because it starts out like Devin's like having this wonderful high end dinner. Yeah, and Michael just storms in, kind of looks like kind of looks goofy. He's like, "Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I found yeah. you. I'll have a I'll have a double cheeseburger. There's a store down the road if you can just get one. Don't hurt yourself." Yeah, and Devin's just like, mm, "I love to see you, Michael." What an ass! <laughs> I mean, th- it's so funny. So I think I am gonna continually compare Michael Knight and Archer. There are some similarities. Now, I, for those of you who remember last week, I promised Greg I'd watch some of Archer, and I have started at the very beginning. So I've actually watched the first five episodes of season one, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, yes, there are going to be a lot of comparisons between Sterling Archer and Michael Knight <laughs> and Burt Reynolds. Oh, my God. Who is, not, who is referenced like two or three times in this episode, Burt Reynolds. I know. <laughs> and Sa- Sally Feely, yeah, they, 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 they mentioned, oh, did they even mention Gator in this, this episode? I don't know if they mentioned Gator in this episode. They definitely mentioned uh, Smoking the Bandit. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so Michael like orders a double cheeseburger with Devin, but Michael's feeling a little burned out. He's, yeah. He's ready for a vacation. Michael is burned out now. Right. We don't know how much time has passed since episode one, but he's clearly burned out. The, the, prior to the scene, you see Michael bust up a uh, a cocaine ring. These guys are like packing cocaine and getting ready to sell it, and Michael like bursts through the garage doors and holds these guys at gunpoint. Yeah, and makes like this weird little comment, and they have this this quippy kind of like back and forth. He's like, "You can spend, you know, you can pay it off." The guy said something like. Yeah, well, that was a million dollars of coke right there. And I was like, yeah, you write it off on the in your taxes, and you can pay it off for the next fifteen years in the prison. No, it was five years in prison. Five years in prison, like for possession and selling cocaine. Which is funny because this must have been right at the beginning of uh, the war on drugs. Pretty early though, because, but yeah, because they got so strict, and basically, if you had like that sort of stuff, would ru- destroy you. Right, they'd put you away. They'd send you to a federal pound me in the ass prison. Right, but no, it's just five years. You'll be fine. You'll be re- you'll be re- uh, reintroduced to society. Uh-huh. You'll be good to go. You'll be fine. But apparently after that moment, that was Michael was just like, you know what? I got to stop. I'm, I've done this too much. I've done enough. But I like Devin's response. I know. He was just like, you know what? I think that's a great idea for you to go on vacation. He was so happy. I know. What I loved about that scene is like they, Michael was like so enthusiastic and not like he was burnt. He might have said he was burnt out, but he wasn't being a jerk about it. He's like, you know, Devin, I think I need a vacation. I need some time off. Oh, that's a wonderful idea, Michael. I know. What are you thinking of? I think it's so funny because, like, I think about like, like Pete, who's like, "Really, MacGyver? We really, you know, we really need you, MacGyver. We need you. The Fe- the Phoenix Foundation needs you, MacGyver. MacGyver. <laughs> we need you. I need you to shave my ice, MacGyver." Thought you were going somewhere completely different. <laughs> Thought about it. Changed at the last second. <laughs> I-, I heard the tires squealing. But Devin, no, Devin's just like, you know what? I think that's a great idea. What, what are you, you going to be doing? You're going to be, you know, he like think he mentions like going to Paris or going somewhere exotic. And he's like, no, I think I'm going to go rock climbing. And Devin's like, oh, oh, oh okay. Well, you, how very pedestrian you can, of you. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. Okay. Bye. Yeah. And so I love this next scene. So Michael and Kit, they're driving into town. And Michael, or Kit, I think Kit recommended they play the geography game. Oh, right. The double vowels and double consonant names only. So, like, uh, Kit comes up with Oshkosh, and then Michael throws out, and, and Kit's like, uh, nope, that's not the way we're supposed to be playing. That's just double vowel, double consonants, Michael. 
And Michael's like, you know what, Kit? Shut it. <laughs> this is a stupid game. I don't want to play this anymore, Kit. And I like this, though, because at one point during this scene, Kit mentions basically, like, I feel like Kit was programmed to only care about Michael. Yes, he is. And I love that because well, he, he he alludes to it in the episode. He In the beginning, when Devin introduced Kit and Michael, or introduced Michael to Kit, basically said that Kit was programmed to protect him. Right. And human life. Right. But... but Save human life and protect Michael. Right. So, yes. Yeah. It's something interesting it's there. Just really, it's just a really nice dynamic. And after only three, uh, four episodes in, they're already starting to like play up that like kid is kind of like yeah. Michael's dad. I know, pretty much. Well, it's, <laughs> it's just funny because now, basically, uh, Michael starts explaining to Kit what a vacation is. Yes. Which I think is hilarious because Kit's just like, what is that? I don't understand. What is a vacation, Michael? Oh, um, you, you know, it's a time where you just you don't work. What is what is that? He's like, I don't, what does that mean? That uh, it's kind of like when I put you in neutral. Yeah. And I like that Michael was coming up with, like, ways to explain this in Kit speak. Kid speak like in kit in kit talk. Like, I love it. Kid speak. <laughs> we should start a kid speak dictionary. Oh my god! Absolutely. So, just for our our listeners, please help us keep track of the shit that we're coming up with to keep track of. Because I feel like we're gonna say it like three times per episode. Oh, let's keep track of how many times Michael presses the gas pedal. <laughs> That's for yeah. Let's do that. Let's. How many times does Kit talk per episode? Let's keep track of that. That was one of the things. How many times we see Kit get fueled up, and so far it's been zero. Oh, that's right. Yes. So four episodes in, Kit has yet to be fueled up. Wouldn't it be funny though? Like it's a scene. Like it's uh, it's like Doc Brown in, in the in the DeLorean, but Kit like runs off of trash or like oh my gosh. roadkill or something. Michael like opens its trunk periodically and just puts like hobos in it. <laughs> He runs off of the he runs off the oil of dead hobos. <laughs> so it's it's actually it's actually funny that you mentioned Doc Brown because you had texted me the, last night and asked me if I had recognized the town of White Rock. Mm. Now, keeping in mind that Back to the Future came out 3 years after this show aired, this is I'm I'm fairly convinced that it is the town it is of Hill Valley totally absolutely it's it's got that it's got that feeling it, no it, it's the same set yeah absolutely. whatever it is there's there's the there's the save the clock tower all that stuff in the middle yeah and then the the store that Michael goes into uh, when he gets into town is the um is the uh, the fifties diner yes okay it's completely rearranged but if you see it so where the camera is when Michael first walks in is the same place the camera is when Marty first walks in yeah same exact spot doors are the same everything just the counter's not there and it's not right it's not the fifties diner right um. Just commenting, I I mean, I've seen this set in other shows. Watch the first episode of The Twilight Zone. It's that town. So it's just it's just a, it's just like a a staple set that they yeah. have, like a back lot mm-hmm. set for a town. Um they really didn't get a lot of extras for this uh, episode because the climax of the episode is the sheriff well, we'll get into it again, but the climax is like the sheriff banding the town together. But it's the sheriff and like two other guys. Yeah, it's like it's like everybody <laughs> from the retirement home came out. That's it. That's all you get. That's all. That's all they had the budget for. Four episodes in. That makes sense. <laughs> that's fine. So Michael gets into town and he stops at the little corner store and he and he meets he meets our our uh, female protagonist Sherry. Mm-hmm. She's a cute 
cute little lady. Yeah. And Michael immediately just turns on the Michael Knight charm. No, uh, he didn't have to do much because I was drawn into those eyes. Oh my gosh, I know. I, I just got to say, Hoff is freaking gorgeous. He is beautiful. I mean, they, the only thing this scene was lacking was the close-up shots of his face in soft focus. Oh my God, I know. That's all that this was missing. That's Hoff. what this needed. Oh God. So there's an Instagram uh, Lady Hoff um photo oh, is it Lady Hoff Lady Hoff photos I think posted one the other day I saw what you wrote <laughs> holy shit it's like it like laser laser grid background soft focus take my soul <laughs> he was like he could crawl inside of my skin and become me if he wanted to that'd be <laughs> fine I would let him he'd crawl out of that picture like oh. like um like the ring yeah come out of the television screen but and- just he wouldn't kill you in 7 days he would no become you for seven days (laughs) (laughs) but i'd be able to live as him like i couldn't do anything but i could live as 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 now would it be living as hoff or living as michael living as hoff as michael knight or living as actually michael knight it would actually be michael knight okay (laughs) you would actually be living as michael knight okay um so we meet sherry and then we meet sherry's brother who is significantly younger Mm. than sherry you gotta imagine sherry's probably what Mid twenties, yeah. Michael's probably or Davy, the brother, is probably what eleven. Davy, what a younger brother. Sherry and Davy Benson. (laughs) But there's like sexy pillow talk, and and so between Sherry and Davy, that's terrible. I know it's gross. Davy comes in, he's like, "Wow, what a great did you did you see that car out there?" And and Michael's like, "Yeah, what do you like that car?" He's like, "Do I? Absolutely." And Michael says. Well, if you hang around for a few minutes, I'll give you a ride. Because okay, you've known him for thirty-two seconds. It's hilarious because Michael walks into this place, and it's like a you know general store, right? And but she's talking about night crawlers. Michael's like, I don't know what a night crawler is. What's that? And he orders a double cheeseburger again. Second, that's the first time he didn't order. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did. So he ordered a double cheeseburger in this episode in the first ten minutes. Two of them, right? In the first ten minutes of the show, right? Um. And it's just a weird thing. Like they serve all kinds of stuff there, but it also reminded me a lot of of a lot of general stores in Maine. Yes, that you could get night crawlers and fishing equipment. Then you could go buy a six pack of beer and have lunch there right. at the same time. You watch Parks and Rec? Yeah, it's like food and stuff, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a food and stuff. Well, it's it's fantastic. If anybody uh, looks it up, there's a there's a, a a place in Maine. I believe it's in Whitefield. Yep. Um, it's famous because it sells cold beer, wedding gowns, and shotguns. <sighs> And it's there. It is. I've seen. It's yeah. It's just absolutely. You go upstairs and it's all wedding gowns, and downstairs is beer and shotguns. I love it. I love it. We need to take a road trip there. Yeah, absolutely. So of course, Michael, after thirty-two seconds, gives Davy a ride in Kit, and so he runs over and he says, "Oh, oh, can you drop me off with my friends?" He's like, "This guy. It was like a this like the town bully Mm. of all these little kids. He's like, oh my god, she's gonna love it. See if he if he sees me get out of this car, he's not gonna have anything to to complain about. Yeah, it keeps because his older brother has that stupid van, this ugly. But the, the funny thing is, like this kid hops in the car, Michael takes him, and his sister doesn't say anything. This guy, this stranger, walks in, orders a burger, and then takes her little brother off in his car. <laughs> right. We never get to see him eat the burger, though. I don't know that, that because made me sad. I know, right? I really wished he had done that. He starts like trying to feed Kit through the CD player. <laughs> There's a CD player. Kit has a CD yeah. player. He starts trying to like feed like slide pieces of cheese, the- <laughs> American cheese. He's like slowly, individually unwrapping it and feeding it into Kit's various vents. It's just like, every crevice he can find. Is this where you're going to taste this? You're going to taste it right there. No. How about can I put a pickle over here? 
No. Michael, you know I only run over on the finest hobo oil. <laughs> only the finest hobo oils. <laughs> Squeezed fresh from a freight train. <laughs> My face is so red right now. Um, so, so Michael actually ends up, so Michael drops Davey off with this group and he gets, what, 10 yards, five, 10 yards down the road, looks back and Davey's getting the shit beat out of I him know, by the bully. he looks up in the rear view and Davey's on like back on the ground and this kid's like punching him. Like it's hilarious. And so <laughs> Michael pulls this uh, Yui in the middle of the intersection, floors yeah. it and goes in reverse right in front of a police car. Yeah. The only and, sheriff, the only police officer in town. Yeah. And happens and, just to be the sheriff. Yeah. A, a peace officer right he goes back and the, breaks up the fight and uh this other guy rounds the corner who's presumably this other kid's brother yeah he's like what's going on here yeah and it's like nothing just uh stopping some trouble here and basically the the gist of it is it's like no you're the stranger you're the one causing trouble and the sheriff shows up and it's kind of the same thing right gives michael knight all his shit and gives him a hard time for being in town basically telling him to Get out of town and do your rock climbing. Right, exactly. I don't want you here. Exactly. Sheriff's kind of a... He's kind of a passive-aggressive pushover. He doesn't... Basically, he says to Michael, he tries to... When he tells Michael it's time to leave, Michael kind of gives him some shit for it and like kind of tries to put up a fight. And the sheriff was like, listen, you need to leave now because it takes two to make an argument. And so he's basically trying to tell him, like, I don't want to fight with you about this. I just need you to get in your car and leave and go rock climbing. And so that's what Michael does. Obviously, that sheriff never met Smeagol. No, he did not. In his battle with Gollum. <laughs> he did not. He did not He did not know about that battle uh, prior, prior to this moment. Um, mm. So Michael goes rock climbing. And <laughs> as Michael is rock climbing up a hill... <laughs> yeah, pretty much. In white, this place called White Rock, we're trying to figure out where this is. I can only imagine it's White Rock, Arizona, just outside of Vegas. I was. It's the only thing that would make sense because I think this takes place in California. I think it's on the West Coast. Yeah. So, yeah. Sure. Whatever. It doesn't matter. The terrain matches. The colors look right. So as Michael is rock climbing, we meet the Scorpions. Oh, yeah. The worst biker gang on the face of the earth who, unprovoked... Show up in White Rock and just destroy the town. Start beating people, not beating everybody up, but basically they're driving along and they drive down the main street and I see that uh, that older brother with his van. Right. And for whatever reason, they, they just stop just, and destroy the van. They just, just fucking wreck it for no reason. And it's, it's, this is the 80s for you. It's very, this is Mad Max mentality. Right. Like these crazy, like that's, I, that's why I've never liked movies like that. Because these villains are ridiculous. Right. They're terrible. Like, it's not just, even believable. No, they're so over the top, and it gets worse. So, like, then, then they show up in the center of town. They go into the bar, and they harass Sherry. Hmm. And then they, hara- they harass Sherry for a little while. And they're, they're making very subtle, like, very sexual advances. Like, oh, I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm really hungry, and like a lot of shit like that. There, yeah, and it's just it's terrible because like, but the leader of this bike gang is trying to, you know, he's not a good guy, but he's trying no. to get them to not be assholes because he doesn't want to draw attention. He's like, whatever, right? But don't be a dick, right? Let's keep this, let's get out of here, right? 
like, but he's the he's the head of the the gang, so they're kind of listening to him. But he's like, we can stay, just like don't cause any trouble. I think he's got a dumb name. I think it's like, is this? It's, it's is it Hilly? <laughs> I think know. he says his name is Hilly. Hilly. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll get down. I have a little lower in my notes. So Michael is he's again continuing his rock climb, and now Kit is actually nervous. You can sense it. He's like, well, what am I supposed to do without you, Michael? Like, <laughs> like uh, what just, if you don't just, come back? Yeah, just sit here. Basically, Kit wanted Michael to give him instructions of what to do if Michael doesn't come back. Right. Like, if he falls off the mountain and, and dies. And Michael's like, whatever, Kit. You're on vacation, too. And leaves. And Kit's like, oh, okay. What am I, what am I supposed to it's do? It's like, why don't you cool off or something like that? So Kit opens his windows. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And Michael stomps up off this hill to go rock climbing by himself. Right. Right. So the whole scene is intercut with Michael climbing the mountain. The scorpions are destroying the town. Michael loses his grip and falls halfway back down the mountain. The scorpions are now destroying more of the town. Michael gets to the top of the mountain, and Davy's at the top of the mountain waiting for him. And this is where Christy's like, what kind of mountain was that that a nine-year-old could get to the top before you did? <laughs> right, because then he gets up to the, to the peak of the mountain, and he looks down, and gets like 50 yards away. He's just down there. I'm like, what are you doing, Michael? And the funny thing is, so Michael somehow... Um, I guess he bought all this climbing gear at the store in he town. He had to have, he yeah. must have, w- yeah. with his, you know, with his bank account, with his black card. Of course. Um, so he has like a helmet. It's his night card. He's got a. That's it. <laughs> it's the night. He just flashed the night card. Exactly. So if anybody out there um is working for a credit card company, you should start that. You should team up with uh, what is it, Warner Brothers? Who did this? No. Uh, not you. I think I know it's NBC Universal. NBC. Okay, team yeah. up with NBC. Yes. And uh, you come up with the night card. Absolutely. 100%. It'd be, it'd be awesome. Anyway, Michael's climbing this rock face, but he's he's wearing his plaid shirt and his jeans and his belt and buckle. And his bright orange helmet. And like all this equipment. Some, somehow he's getting belayed from below by some force. Right. Because he's climbing and uh, he's lead climbing. Right. Trailing the rope. And like he falls several times. And yeah. somehow he doesn't die. Right. So I was like, you know, you should have just used Kit as an anchor. You know, involve Kit in your exploits, and right. you know, he wouldn't feel so lonely. Right. So I love yeah. this part, though, because he gets to the top, and Davy explains to him that these, these bikers came in. They're terrorizing the town. They're terrorizing his sister. He needs Michael's help because he's the only one he could think of for help. So rather than Michael just run down the mountain, he says, all right, you go down the mountain and get back to town. I'm just going to rappel back down the I side know. of the mountain. So take like, more time so to get like, down there. Whoever they had doing the stunt of the rappelling was like excessively rappelling. Like pushing way too far off and oh, dropping yeah. like 100 feet and hitting the wall and bouncing back off again. I'm like, that's a great way to like twist an ankle or twist a knee. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, on the way down, he goes past Roxy and Carla from Two Times Trouble because Roxy's <laughs> cutting his sister off the mountain. Murdoch's there on the Widowmaker. <laughs> M- MacGyver's up there, like curl up in a ball, like crying because uh, what's his name just fell off. Uh, in front the of love him. of his life, Mike. Yeah, Mike, Mike Forrester fell to her death <laughs> onto Kit, and Kit just like it didn't get damaged. Doesn't get damaged, right? Um, so Michael gets back into the town, and the Scorpions now they show up as Michael gets back to the diner. Um, they harass Michael in the middle of the town square, uh, but it's just it's just Michael. It's just, it's just Michael and, and the leader Hilly. The was it Hilly? It's Hilly. Yeah, because he's basically like he says we're the Scorpions, and and <laughs> this Michael's is like cool. And he's like, 
this is stingy. He holds out his switchblade. <laughs> no, this is Stinger, and you're about to be the Stingy. That's right. That's right. what he says. Oh, my God. That's right. He's like, this is the Stinger, and you're about to be the Stingy. So they like get into these fisticuffs in the middle of the, in the, middle of the street. It's actually a pretty well-choreographed fight yeah, sequence in the middle. So the sheriff arrives and kind of like breaks up the fight, but rather than the sheriff arrest Hilly, he arrests Michael because the sheriff is basically like he says he's a peace he's a peace sheriff he yeah. wants to keep the peace he won't allow he's basically tells Sherry earlier in the episode just let them do what they're gonna do they'll be out of here before we know it we're not gonna disrupt that like we're just it's it's going to be over in a couple days and Sherry is pissed she's like wait a minute so you're gonna let these guys do whatever they want all over town just to stay low so they can leave right he's like it takes two to make an argument yes. You need to be a police officer and not let this biker gang destroy your town. Right. You shithead. But yeah, he arrests Michael. I know. Over Hilly, and then they continue to harass and destroy the and town. And this is great. This is great. So my, we're at the scene again. Michael's in jail. Yes. And basically, he's like, hey, I need to make a phone call. The sheriff tries to make a phone call. Michael gives him the phone number. Doesn't go through. He's like, the circuit's dead. I can't get through. And Michael's like, oh, okay. Right. So you and I were both talking. Like, who? What was the number? He didn't call Devin. Right. Devin would have picked up the phone. It's like would have made sense. Maybe he called Kit. Did he ping Kit? Mm. And and then I realized. And then we said later. I was like, well, no, because three minutes after the sheriff leaves and hangs up the phone, Michael gets on his little Apple Watch and says, "Kit, <laughs> Kit, where are you? Can you hear me?" Kit's yeah. been impounded at this point. Yes. And locked up. In- so this is kind of familiar, isn't it? Yeah. Just like the last episode. This feels like the pilot. <laughs> yeah, oh, the pilot. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So Kit's like, Michael, would you like me to break you out? No, I got, I, got, I got other plans. But Kit breaks himself out. So this is funny. Yes. Okay. Because in the last episode, we talked about how Kit's alpha circuit got damaged because Michael towed another car with Kit. Right. But here, Kit breaks himself out of impound by pushing a station wagon in park in par- yes. through a chain link fence. But he's and then drives away. And drives and away wait, and waits for Michael outside the sheriff's office. Right. Bullshit, huh. Kit. This is why I'm telling you the Alpha Circuit excuse is a budgetary means of trying <laughs> to get trying not to have to do things. So you telling me that I get yeah, okay maybe pushing a car through a chain link fence is cheaper than filming some shots of Kit towing a car? Maybe. Huh. And a couple making out in the backseat of a station wagon in impound. Oh my god, that's right. Yeah, they were in the in the impound lot with everything locked, and they were just like making out. And I love the line because they they finish and they sit up after Kit drives away, and she goes, "Did that move for you too?" God, <laughs> fuck! Oh, that's it was, it was so awful. Bad. Yeah, but amazing at the same it time. Was, it, yeah, they were just it was just heavy petting. It was. So apparently the bikers have set up camp like right outside of White Rock. It's just a like big open field and they're drinking and they're goofing around and partying and these guys were the most inept schmucks. Oh yeah. So bad. So they start making references to this other gang called the Road Dogs. <laughs> I guess they've chosen White Rock as the as the spot that they're going to have the biggest gang war are the biggest biker war on the West Coast, and it's going to put White Rock on the map. Because there's <laughs> maybe, like, there might be a total of, like, 25 people. Yeah. This is like Guns and Boys. <laughs> this is like that the MacGyver episode where they just all get together, and they meet each other in this, like, abandoned valley. Oh, my God. You know what And then the awesome. mothers break them up. <laughs> you know what would have been awesome? What? In the middle of the night. It's the same area. It looks the same. Same kind of trees. Yep. Axminster shows up. Oh, man, he—we uh, haven't seen him since like episode nine, about a, uh, about a year and a half ago. 
Axminster shows up and beats the shit out of all of them. Oh, he would house every single one of those bikers yeah. and wouldn't even break a sweat. He, he drops their own motorcycles onto them. He just starts beating them with the two-by-fours that fell on him in the middle of the town. <laughs> it could have been a neighboring town. Absolutely. 100%. So Kit breaks out of the impound. Michael, by his own means, MacGyvers his way out of the jail cell by wrapping uh, a bed coil around a piece of string <laughs> a that, wasn't it a bed spring a bed spring this is my brain man my brain could not find the word for bed spring but you got bed coil and all i could picture was like a camping mat yeah i'm telling you man my brain cannot function properly that but that was i knew exactly what you were you talking know what about. i was talking about I'm like yeah it's a coil it's a coil spring right it's, a, it's, it's from a bed. his bed he pulled a bed spring wrapped around a piece of string that he pulled off of a blanket and then hooked the spring around the keys at the other end of the jail and pulled it towards him and unlocked himself and let himself out. Let himself out. It was great. It was great. Kit's waiting outside. He drives away. Somehow Michael finds the campground. The camp that all these bikers are at. Right. And by I impersonating one of the bikers. I love it. So basically he parks Kit and leaves and it's like, I'll be right back. You just you just stay right here. And Michael sneaks off into the campsite while these guys are hammered drunk at this point. Yeah. They have like a bonfire going, and most of them are passed out. Michael sneaks up to one of their bikes and puts on a leather jacket that just happens to be there, like a vest. And the old biker hat. And a biker hat. Yeah. And like, he's like, oh, he's going to the pump house. <laughs> but basically, he just kind of looks around, and what's his name? The, the leader is there, asks him for a light, like for a cigarette. Yeah. Michael lights the cigarette. The guy can't tell who he is because it's dark and he's hammered. Right. And then basically they overhear the, the the gang fight. The plan that's happening tomorrow is that everyone's going to have this big gang war. Right. Exactly. And these guys are are knee walking drunk. Yeah. And like completely pissed drunk. That's the way to prep for a gang war. And in fact, the next day, one of the guys, or I think Hilly, wakes up one of the other guys. By spraying a sh- shaken up beer can in his face. I don't want an asshole. <laughs> but like, so basically, Michael gets back into Kit, slowly, dr- like, sneaks away again. And as he's driving back in town, he's still wearing the biker vest yeah, and yeah, yeah, hat. Yeah. <laughs> Inside Kit, I'm like, Michael, what are you doing? Yeah. And then the, the next scene is him and, and, and Sherry. Pulling up in front of the police station inside Kit. Don't know where Sherry came from. No. Michael is not wearing the the, uh, the outfit nope, anymore. Nope. And also, we have to remember that Sherry also has no idea that her brother has snuck out. So sometime in between when Michael left the campground and when he got to get Sherry, Davy had snuck into the campground and was immediately grabbed and kidnapped and taken hostage and tied up to a tree. Right, because he was trying to figure out what those guys were doing there. He right. was just trying to get some inf- intel. He was right. trying to get a little intel. So they very quickly, Michael and Sherry, there's ver- not a lot of a struggle here. So Michael and Sherry basically try to warn the sheriff, like, something really bad's going to happen tomorrow. I told you it takes two to make an argument, and I'm not. We're going to let them run their course. And like, there's not going to be a town tomorrow if you don't listen to what we have and to say. And the sheriff is still trying to like arrest Michael and all this stuff, <laughs> and doing all this shit. And Michael's like, "Are you not listening to me? Right? The town is going to get destroyed. Yeah, I came back. I mean, I broke out of prison. Yes, and I took my car. And well, the guy's like, "And you stole your car out of impound." He's like, "Well, I didn't. I didn't really. Do you expect me to believe that your car broke itself out of the impound, drove itself over to you, and picked you up?" Mm. Well, yeah. Well, that's yeah. Actually, what well, yeah. That's exactly what Sheriff. happened. Sheriff. <laughs> so sure. we don't actually see the moment where they convince him. But the next time we see the sheriff, he's all in on this plan to stop the bikers. Right. So basically, the next thing is the next morning. Right. This is the final act of the episode, by final the way. Final act. Um, 
uh, and there and throughout this entire episode, there there's the same shot of the bikers driving down a road. Yeah, we see it about four times. Right, right, it's right, the right. Same shot. Um, but Michael and Sherry inside of Kit. Yes. Um, drive out to the to where the bikers are and just basically start harassing them and driving around, knocking their bikes over and just yeah. making a mess. And that's when Sherry notices that they got Davy. Right. The next morning. Right. She's been gone all night, hasn't realized that her brother's gone until he's seen tied to a tree. <laughs> cool. Whatever. Good um, sis. Hey Sheriff, how about you how about you tell her to keep track of her baby brother? Right. Jesus. The parents are gone. Who the, where the hell are the parents? In the burgers. <laughs> oh no. White Rock is people. <laughs> <laughs> um so but so Michael decides that the best way he's going to get Davy without anything happening to him is he creates a dust cloud like a dust cover. He basically pulls a donuts around the campground, he p- creating a <laughs> dust cover. He gets pull- out, he pulls a donuts. He what I, is that what I said? <laughs> yes. Whatever. Fuck off. <laughs> he's ripping donuts in the in the driveway. He's pulling donuts and he creates a dust cover blinding the bikers so that they can go get so he can run out grab davy mm-hmm. get back in the car and then he basically says well we're gonna play a little chicken with the scorpions and this proceeds into like a 12 minute chase sequence between the campground and the entrance to white rock and it was pretty fun so basically michael michael kit sherry and davy presumably is in the car somewhere but you don't, don't see we, much i was gonna say him. we don't actually really see him do we no okay you don't <laughs> see him much um and uh anyway michael michael is driving around basically chasing half chasing the scorpions to get them pissed they're chasing him back and one by one he's like knocking them off the road wrecking yeah. their bikes and it, it it's great it culminates in this fantastic like jump over a lake it was great where you see you see kit driving hits a ramp basically it's a pile of dirt and flies over the lake and but the trajectory of the car is such that if they hadn't cut away Kit would have just nosedived into the dirt, and oh, that would have been it. Absolutely. But they cut away to another shot of Kit driving away, and the bikes falling in the water, and all this stuff. So it was, it was pretty fun. It was a fun, exciting chase. It was. Scene. A, it was a really cool, really cool sequence. So basically, the whole point of that was to lighten the load. So he took out over half the bikers in the gang. Mm-hmm. So he leads the rest of them right into the center of town, where the sheriff is waiting with one guy. <laughs> well, it's a handful. Well, it's a of handful of guys. Yeah. Well, Wait. no, it's different, though, because, like, on the way into... Oh, right. One guy in the rope across the road. Right. So okay. they basically have crafted... Crafted. They took a giant piece of rope and crafted a large tripwire, mm-hmm. taking out the rest of the bikers as they ride into town. They clotheslined all of them. They clotheslined them all. Which is great. Probably eight and, of them. And the guy that they used was Douchebag's brother that owned the van in the beginning. Right. And I think the van... No, the van's not in this scene. No, it's not. The van doesn't... I don't think the van shows up again. Because they destroyed it. They absolutely wrecked it. So basically, uh, uh, going back to Archer, it's like Krieger's van. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, if anyone <laughs> watches that show. Um, so they knock out all the bikers, and then the road dogs show up. They all ride into town, and it's the sheriff and like five people behind him. The sheriff cocks his shotgun and says... You might as well turn around as you can see what we did at the last gang that rode through here. So on the road that they're pulling up as all the previous gang's bikes all over the road, like laid down, beat up. Right. And I was like, oh, that's that's pretty nice because I wonder what they did with the uh, the actual criminals. 
Wouldn't it be yeah, something w- if they just had like all their bodies piled in the middle of the road on, <laughs> on fire? fire? <laughs> Jesus, Sheriff. We, I mean, I, I understand that like it's been a while since you've actually enforced the law, but well, well, do you just, think you took it a little too far? I'm just making up for lost time. You lit them on fire. <laughs> That I did. Do you think we should have called the state troopers in? Because they, they probably got a multiple warrants out in other counties. And Michael's like, come on, Sheriff. I could have run Kit for a year off of those bodies. <laughs> I just All I need is just like a half a cup of each of their hobo oils. And then give me for a year. It'd be great. No, you had to light them on fire, you dick. Hobo, hobo oil. Hobo oil. <laughs> we have reached a new low, Greg. <laughs> we are talking about... Hobo oils, Greg. <laughs> 10W30 hobo oil. Ringing out hobos for their oil <laughs> to run a car. <laughs> <sighs> they did not actually light them on fire. But we never see the resolution as to what happens to the bikers because in the last part of the episode, Devin is still at the fancy restaurant. Michael yep. comes back in. I don't think he orders anything at this point. No, he just kind of looks at what Michael uh, Devlin's eating. So in the beginning, Devin was eating some escargot. Right. And this time around, I'm not sure. It looked like it's like pork shanks or something. Yeah, I can't remember. And I don't remember what it was. Fancy little tufts on the, on the ends of the bones. And so Michael says something to Devin uh, along the lines of like, uh, I'm wondering, did you hear about my vacation? And Devin's like, oh, no, yeah, we heard all about that through the state police reports. Uh, some vacation you had there. And Michael's like... So about that vacation that I took, um, I, I'd really like to take another vacation. And Devin's like, oh, I think that's a splendid idea. Of course. Go ahead. Enjoy yourself. I think Devin's on drugs. I don't know what the hell's going on with him. He's like, yeah, that sounds great. Go ahead. Have fun. Bye. Michael like runs out, gets in the car, and Sherry's there. And he tells Kit, switch over to autopilot until I tell you to stop. <laughs> Pretty much. And just proceeds to make out with Sherry in the front seat of the car as we fade to black and the episode ends. That's two ladies. <laughs> it's a I I loved this show. It was a great great episode. It was incredibly stupid also. Like just Oh, dumb. absolutely. Uh, too much of Michael Knight climbing. That was unnecessary. I know. I I didn't think it was it, I don't think it was needed to be that much. I mean, there could have been a better way to maybe ex- expand the episode. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I mean, if you re- if you realize like too, the episode the first two minutes of the episode is that weird 30-second preview of the episode no. plus the 80-second intro. So you get two whole minutes just there. So the episodes themselves, about 45 minutes apiece. That, so that's one thing I did feel like that maybe it's because of that kind of you know clips of the show, like the preamble or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It really feels like the intro is so long. It's really long. Well, MacGyver's intro was 90 seconds, I think. It's like 80 or 90 seconds, yeah. This is about the same, but it just feels so much longer. Oh, there's, absolutely. There's not much going on in that intro. Nope. A lot of kits just a lot of driving. The desert. And pictures of Michael and now Bonnie, who we... Yeah. Oh, pictures of Michael. And Devin. <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's really, really long. Greg, we're... Where'd you land on this episode? This is a tough one. My first, my initial impression was this isn't a good episode. Yeah. But the more I thought about it and the more I enjoyed it, I'm like, this is actually a really fun episode. Yeah. I'm having a great time. Absolutely. Like, as, as an episode that stands alone, like having if you ever watched this for the first time, I could see why maybe this didn't make it to the top 30. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Probably why it only lasted four seasons. Right. But as a nostalgia, the way that we're watching this, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm going to give it a turtleneck. Are you? All right. So I was actually thinking around the same area, but I'm going to I'm going to knock it just slightly and I'm going to give it a leather jacket plus one dicky. <laughs> What's that? It's a half. half. It's a half star because a dicky is like a half turtleneck. <laughs> I thought it would be like a chub. So <laughs> it's a leather jacket plus a dicky. So it's like a three and a half star episode. So we're going to add another modifier. <laughs> one dicky. It's an extra half a star. Well, can't you just do like half a circuit, half an alpha circuit? All right, fine. One leather jacket plus half a turbo boost. Does that work? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So we'll give it a half a turbo boost plus the leather jacket. So it's a three and a half for me. It's not. I, I mean, we got a long way to go, and we're early on in the series. But I mean, this is another pretty solid episode. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> absolutely. But yeah, that's that's about where I'm going to land. It's pretty fun. I I I did like it. I did like it, and the fact that it used <clears throat> the same set as a uh, Back to the Future, yeah. was, was fun to see. Definitely, uh, Greg. You want to know what's coming up next week? Mm-hmm. Next week is season one, episode five, Slammin' Sammy's Stunt Show Spectacular. Oh, shit. Michael and Kit join a stunt show, which a wealthy banker is trying to force out of business. <laughs> Slammin' Sammy's Stunt Show Spectacular, episode five. It's like the Slammin' Salmon. I kept every time I think about it, I think of Slam and Salmon. Yeah. Which is obviously not the same thing, but it's also a really great movie. What if what if the Slam and Sammy stunt show spectacular they just fill Kit with salmon? Oh Kit, what is that smell? I smell fish. It's not hobo, that's for sure. It's not hobo oil, that's for sure. <laughs> Shut up everybody. Um Craig, where can people find us on the social medias? They can find us all over the social medias. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know what they are. You don't have your notes in front of you. So I you don't. don't. Well, you can start off with our website, champacline.com. We work pretty hard uh, trying to get that thing together. It's a good hub. Absolutely. To, to, uh, to link to all other social media, and we'll definitely be having more stuff on there in yeah. the future. Absolutely. CIA. M-P-A-K-L-E-I-N.com. Yep. We do have the Hoff chart up there as well, and we will be updating that periodically. Absolutely. And it has our, all of our rating information for uh, how we're using this stupid, our stupid Hoff chart rating. So we're, we don't want to use a dicky as a modifier? I mean, I, I like it, but I think it's too obscure. Leather chaps. Mm. That's no. ha- too much, too much, too much, too much, too much. <laughs> or not enough. Or not enough at all. Um, but yeah, I think, like you said, champacline.com is probably the best way to find us. Go to the website. You can find all of our other links there. Um, you can find our hotline number, 207-835-1954. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, you can get the link to iTunes, actually. It would be a really good thing for you to do if you wanted to leave us a rate and review on mm. iTunes. We'd love, to, we'd, love to, we'd love to see some more of those come in there. So, so please consider doing that. But uh, Greg... Do you have any closing thoughts before we uh, before we say good evening? I am super excited to continue the hoffiness with you, David. Mm. And uh, no, I think uh, everybody have a wonderful you know wonderful week. Yeah, uh, leave us an email if you wish. Absolutely, and uh, hope um, everyone calls in. All right. So for the Night Rider years, I am the Stinger. I am the Stingy. Have a fantastic week, everybody.
There you have it loyal listener. A fine example of what can truly be done with podcasting. Hard work, consistent output, and just the right amount of guidance from an enigmatic network overlord. Tune in again next week to see what timeless gem I dust off for your listening pleasure. Seriously. I need to get someone into this archive room and do some cleaning. It's filthy. This has been a transmission of the Podfix Network. For more about this show and other great Podfix programs, go to podfixnetwork.com.